Bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteous sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord, or honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your, your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God uh, for a good conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels and authorities and powers having been subjected to him. May God bless the reading of his word. All right. Turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, beginning in verse 18. We'll go ahead and read the passage first together. John chapter 15, beginning in verse 18 says this, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would, be guilty of, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you in my, from my Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you 
will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when the, their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity we have to come before this passage. Um, Lord, it's a challenge to think about uh, persecution that may come our way. It's a challenge to think about how we would deal with that, how we might prepare ourselves. But Lord, here you give us some instruction on that. I pray you would help us to learn much today. Lord, if there's areas where we are not obedient to you, where we are failing you, I pray that we would respond to your word in humility, respond in obedience. In your name, amen. So as many of you know, we've been going through, uh, since John chapter 13, we've been going through a, a, a section of John that's known as the Farewell Discourse. It's Jesus' final words to his disciples before he goes to the cross. This discourse, this speech, this discussion lasts from chapter 13 all the way to about the end of chapter 17. And so there's a lot going on here. Jesus is giving his final words, his final thoughts, his most important teachings. We've seen twice already Jesus has, got, Jesus has five specific sayings, especially about the Holy Spirit. Five teachings that he gives about the Holy Spirit. Today we are facing our third teaching. In the middle of this discussion about persecution, Jesus brings up the Holy Spirit. So let's ask this question first. What is persecution. Now, rather than try to give you a definition, uh, let me give you a few examples, maybe to illustrate this in your mind. Uh, very likely, before the Apostle John wrote the Gospel of John, the very book we are studying, a young man became a Christian under John's ministry, a young man named Polycarp. After Polycarp gave his life to Christ, John began to train and disciple the young Polycarp. Polycarp grew deep in the faith and eventually became the pastor of the church in the city of Smyrna. Polycarp became a famous preacher and leader among the early 2nd century Christians. Eventually, at the age of 86 years old, between 155 and 160 AD, Polycarp was arrested and sentenced to death by the Romans just for being a Christian. Perhaps the Romans thought that by arresting a famous pastor, uh, that they would be able to stop Christianity from spreading further. They forced him to walk a nearly 1,300-mile journey uh, from his hometown to the city of Rome to be burned at the stake. While on the way, other Christians came to meet him, begging him to consider his age and save himself from the suffering. But Polycarp remained determined to be faithful to his Lord. When told by his, uh, by his prosecutors that he must renounce Jesus or die, he responded, For 86 years I have been his servant, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who has saved me? Finally, unable to convince Polycarp to reject his savior, he was burned alive for his treason. Nearly 1,400 years later, in, in the year 1525, during the time of the Reformation, a group of men in Switzerland began to study the scriptures and stand for its teaching no matter what happened. These men, who became known as the Anabaptists, recovered the biblical doctrine of believers' baptism, that only believers, not infants, should receive baptism. This belief angered 
not only Roman Catholics, but also other Protestants who practiced infant baptism. It then became law that such a belief was illegal. And those who believed and practiced believers' baptism were to be executed. Some by burning at the stake, and others by being bound with rocks tied to their feet and then thrown into a deep river. Thereby mocking their beliefs about baptism. One man, a man named Balthazar Hubmeyer, was hunted down. He stood trial and was burned at the stake on March 10th, 1528, for refusing to deny these beliefs. And three days later, his wife was drowned for the same reason. Now today, we may not face these kinds of persecutions for our beliefs. No one's hunting us down to tie us up in a sack and drown us in a river. Nobody's trying to hunt us down to burn us at the stake. But the time may come when we will have to face that exact persecution. Until then, how should we understand persecution? And how should we respond to actions taken against us for the cause of Christ? How can we be prepared? And that's exactly the topic of, Jesus, of this passage from Jesus today. We'll see today that uh, it will see three things. First of all, we'll see that persecution is really aimed at the triune God. Secondly, we'll see that, that the Holy Spirit helps us respond to persecution with the proclamation of the gospel. And third, we'll see that the Holy Spirit helps us stay faithful to Christ amidst persecution. So beginning in verse 18 then, Jesus begins teaching about the hatred of the world. He begins teaching about what it's going to look like for the, what's, what's going to happen for Christians. Think about right now, Jesus is about to be crucified. He is about to face the ultimate suffering for his teachings about himself being the Son of God, about himself being the only way of salvation. This is angering people and they are about to kill him for it. What are they going to do when Jesus is dead? They're going to go after his followers. And Jesus is, ready, is, is preparing his disciples for this inevitable trial that's going to come their way. Now, instead of giving sociological reasons in, in, in scholarship, we, oh, there's, there's often sociological reasons. Well, of course, the Christians, they went out of Judaism, and in Judaism, it was okay to persecute them for being a heretic, according to Judaism. And, you know, they, were, they weren't worshiping Caesar. They weren't being culturally acceptable. So all these societal reasons for persecuting Christians. John doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't do that. Rather than give sociological reasons, Reasons, Jesus gives a theological reason. There is a theological reason that people are persecuting Christians. Essentially, Jesus teaches here that persecution is really aimed at the triune. Technical term here, the world is often related to the created moral order that is an act. It has hated me before it hated you. The world has rejected supremely hated. And partly because as they increase in the intimacy. So basically what Carson is explaining, what Jesus is also hated Jesus is going to hate us. Because they did not appreciate Jesus' message. They did not understand. To include verse 18. Uh, there's these, this, this whole section here, verses 18 through 25. is Because you are not of the world but I chose you out of the world, therefore, right? The system that is against Christ, you are a part of that system. And in that team, and they say, I'm going to go play for somebody else. What do you think about them? 
The case is, for those who would leave the world to pursue Christ, to pursue an heir, we were a part of that system. And God has called us out from the world. So in chapter 13, he said, a servant is not greater than his master. So if we, if our master, right, if you're truly a follower of Christ, you will face persecution, antagonism that Jesus attracted. Then we see this next if statement in verse 20. It's hard to understand this. The best way from my studies, from looking at other scholars and what they had to say, to you, if they obeyed my teaching, and some of them did, they will obey you also. Remember, the disciples were called out from the world. So there are people that are in the world who will accept Christ, who will persecute us for that exact removal, for that exact same thing. Jesus in his message. As we've going, been going through the Gospel of John, we've seen this. Jesus teaches something and some people reject him. And it will continue to be that way. And not only as, as it was during Jesus, only around Jesus himself, but also around his followers who teach the teacher who sent me. Why will persecution come? Because they don't know the fact the Father who sent him. We also see this in verse 23 where it says, whoever hates seeing them. We should expect that. Yet we still find ourselves seeing. It's kind of a, a, a strange way that Jesus puts it here. Well, it, it could sound like, in speaking to them, Jesus incited, he, he began, he, he brought out the most decisive preference for darkness rather than light. Which we saw in but because Jesus came, now they are guilty. They have no excuse. They have rejected the revelation. This word, this phrase, no excuse, it has this idea the world no longer has any value. Jesus says here that because I have revealed myself, because I have come to this earth and I've... Deeper than that, we're not going to get into that just now today, but uh, what Jesus is saying here, you... What have you done? Verse 24 then, rejection of Jesus' words and works is the clearest rejection of the clearest light. Jesus is to bring on the most deep-stained guilt. Jesus says again, justify him for it. And Jesus says, continually tying his work and ministry along with the, the work and ministry of the Father. They're about to hate me. They're going to hate you as well. These people from the Jewish faith, they are going to... Scripture might be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. Quoting straight out of Psalm, hated me without a cause. These people who are about to crucify Jesus, uh, understanding that from this passage that, uh, that persecution is really aimed at the persecution right now, I'm talking real persecution, right? Um, when, when Christ is ultimately the one who, hate, who the world hates. Even when that hatred is logical background for our next two points. So we'll flesh this out a little bit more as we continue on. But by continuing on in the next verse, Jesus begins to bring up the Holy Spirit in the context of suffering, in the context of the hatred of the world. Jesus brings up the Holy Spirit and His when the Helper comes. That's that word paraclete. Right? We've talked about this word before, this, that, that who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you will also bear witness. Transitions from describing the persecution from the world, describing why it takes place, and transitions to describing our, the response. Uh, this well, a little theological point here in verse 26, it says, the Holy Spirit proceeds whatever that may mean for the Trinity, and the Spirit proceeds from the Father. It relates by procession. And as I said before, I have no idea what that means. 
Secondly, we also see about this, about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit bears witness about Jesus. Logical reason for why we sometimes forget, and unfortunately, we sometimes forget about the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is functioning and bearing witness, telling people who deserves attention, who deserves these accolades, still points direction to Christ. Bear witness. Because you have been with me from the beginning. The community. Although your story may include how you became a Christian, what God has done, and continues the hatred of the world toward Jesus, and it applies to the, and applies it to, the, and that has incurred the hatred of the world. We preach the very same message directed at Christ. We must not hate them in return. Toward Christ means that they are not believers. We must respond with the gospel. Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 3 reminds us that we were once dead in our sins. We, because of the grace of God, that we have heard the gospel and were saved by the blood of Christ. How dare we receive us need? First and foremost is not our snide remarks or our angry responses. No, I feel myself going, but I don't want to, right? I want to respond. You know, by sharing the gospel, I would never do it. I would have a million Facebook posts about why everybody else shared with others that Jesus, the Son of God, took on humanity so that He... But not only does the Holy Spirit help us respond to persecution with the gospel, but the Holy Spirit also helps us. With this end of chapter 15, it says, I have, hated, I have said these things. Jesus says, this is... And at the end, in verse 4, the first half of verse 4, it says, But I have said these things to you, that not be surprised... And so, that, so that they will not fall away or turn away from Jesus. We use to respond because I don't want you to quit believing. I don't want you to give up. I want you to continue. Now, if we remember back to chapter 14 and verse 26, verse 1 through 4 is the Holy Spirit bringing this to remembrance. Hey, remember when Jesus of the faith of faithfulness to remembrance to be faithful in persecution not known the Father, nor me. Jesus, again, goes back to some theological background. He says, they're sent away, they're kicked out. Why? Because their message conflicts. That these people, indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think that he is offering service to God. Believe that they're fulfilling a religious role in persecuting the Christians. Remember Paul, the best, most religious thing he could do. The irony here, Jesus told Paul, Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right? The irony here is that they think they are being obedient to God. They think they are, are the ones that are actually offering service to God. They're the ones that are actually, by staying for, or the, um, with the, um, the Lord's table, it represents the sacrifice of Christ. Christ, when someone's body was broken and their blood was spilled for Christ, they were offering worship to the Lord, causing the persecuted to bring glory to God by enduring and remaining faithful. Many believers who, in, who are unable to stand the pressure of persecution. Lives was more important than staying faithful to their Savior. On the other hand, in these cases, men like Polycarp, they bore witness about the... They possibly endure such hardship. How could they do that? promises that because we follow Christ, one who suffered, that we must stare suffering in the face and remain faithful to Scripture, to the Gospel, and to our Lord Jesus, so that when that suffering does come our way, that we are already dependent on Him. You've heard these things and you say, 
I'm not a Christian. None of this applies to me in the first place. Jesus sacrificed himself, son of God, who deserved no wrath, who deserved no suffering, took on humanity so that he may suffer on your behalf. Instead of you suffering, he suffered, died on a cross for you. But he didn't stay dead either. He rose from the grave so that you could have life. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, this is an opportunity to respond. Come and talk to me. I'd love to talk with you, help you know how you can know for sure that you have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe today you're here and you say, you know what, this is, I want to be a part of this church. Maybe you're not a member of this church uh, and you'd like to be a part of this church. We'd love to talk to you about how that can happen, how that can take place. Maybe there's some other way that the Holy Spirit is working on your life. Even now, he's convicting you of sin or maybe he is... Uh, calling you to respond in some other way. You can respond in your seats. You can respond at the, at the, at the stairs here and, and, and kneel and pray at the stairs if you like. That's up to you. Uh, I urge you to respond as the Holy Spirit would lead you. Let's sing this song together.